Hello and welcome to another installment of the Grap Up here as part of the Link to the Cast Network. Your once in a while look at the happenings in the world of professional wrestling. I am your host Mark Robinson and with me returning from the last time we did one of these shows, which was the Tokyo Dome show on January 4th and January 5th this year, is our returning guest Brian Rose. Brian, thank you for coming back on this momentous occasion as we look at the upcoming G130. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed what we did last time, so I'm happy that we're back and we're talking about the G1, which in in fact is taking place this year, which is is very cool. Uh, it's it's going to be very time consuming, but uh, I'm I'm glad that there is a tournament this year. Yeah, it doesn't help that we've got that the Champions Carnival and the N1 all taking place at the same time. Everybody, Thankfully, everybody decided to do their their big tournament in, in September. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not in Japan, so I don't know what the the logistics were or the reasoning why, but I don't know. Maybe all Japan and Noah felt well, all eyes are on Japan at the moment with the G1, so it'd be good to do it. It's hard to know exactly, but um, I want to check first of all because it's fair to say that the world has become quite a different place since the last time we did a show, and uh, I know that you're doing fine and well and stuff because uh, you know we speak on a pretty regular basis, but. Not so much with the COVID stuff, but I know that you're a resident of California, and obviously the the wildfires going on are pretty bad at the moment. So on that front, I want to check and see how you are and how things are with you. Uh, everything here is fine. Um, I live in a county that is right next to the Mexican border, so um, and it's 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 pretty much like a it's it's called the desert Southwest. So th- there's not many trees around here. The wildfires haven't reached here, thankfully, because it's um, very bad, uh, especially in Northern California, where where they're just you, you see those images and, and they're so uh, they're apop- apocalyptic. <laughs> I guess that's one of the words to uh, describe it. But um, yeah, it, it's it's been pretty bad. We we did get hit hard by COVID. Uh, our county was one of the worst hit by by uh, COVID nineteen and. Uh, the, the county here is pretty, I guess, to use the term, it, it's, it's pretty poor. So, and, and that's the kind of disease that will hit the, the a kind, poor counties very hard. And, um, yeah, so uh, there, the, the last uh, spike was a few months ago, and it was pretty bad. But um, for me personally, I, I'm thankful that nobody in my immediate family has had COVID. Uh, I haven't had COVID. My my mom or my brother haven't either. So um, I'm kind of happy on, on that front. And it seems that like everything's going down, at least for right now. I mean, I, you know, there, there's talk about the fall and how um, all of that's going to get might might be pretty bad, and you know, the flu and and everything like that. So, but right now, um, everything's good on on my part. I'm kind of happy to uh, that everything isn't as um, terrible as it is you know once i go outside and see what's going on but uh yeah um yeah that, that's that's the update on my situation i haven't had covid I, I've, I've kept myself locked up in my house since march and it's it's kind of a bummer because i had planned to go to uh, wrestlemania in just a few weeks before everything happened um i was hoping to go to uh all out no uh, double or nothing AEW in uh, vegas and uh, and the G- the uh, what was the name for the um, the August show with a uh, Madison Square Garden? 
uh, Wrestle Dynasty or oh something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was. There were tentative plans to go there uh, in August, and that didn't happen. So um, yeah, I mean, on that front, I mean, there's a lot of stuff I had planned and I'd hoped to go to, um, and that didn't happen, and that's sad. Uh, all I can hope, all I can hope is, is that next year things are at least a little better. Yeah, I mean, for us, like I, I took a trip down to the southwest of Ireland this weekend, which is the first time I've done anything really this year, uh, and and it was very nice. Um, it was nice in a way that the the, the few benefits that I've had for it, I guess from COVID is that it's given me more of an appreciation for the country that I live in, um, because I don't imagine. I would have gone and visited the southwest of Ireland anytime soon. Um, so, you know, I tried to find the positives in this very bleak situation where I can. But uh, I'm I'm at least happy to hear that, you know, health-wise and everything, uh, things are okay with you. Because, yeah, yeah I, I know California in, in in general has had a rough go of it this yes. year. But, uh, in general, it's, it's been a bad year. Yeah, but also impacted by uh, COVID this year was New Japan Pro Wrestling, who um, was doing pretty well coming out of Tokyo Dome, uh, the the Wrestle Kingdom shows. Uh, I believe that we reviewed them quite positively. Uh, I still have at least, yeah, I have two five-star matches from that show. Um, but I think it was around March, I want to say, that they had to shut down for about three and a half months. And uh, coming out of the, the the lockdown, I guess, the first thing I want to ask you before we get into our preview is kind of your thoughts and feelings on New Japan in the, the strange new times and their attempts to kind of combat, I guess, um, the circumstances with not having crowds to begin with and then moving to having smaller crowds that can't, you know, participate in the way that they usually would. And we've seen... All companies find different ways to try and, and combat this with varying degrees of success, uh, whether it be WWE with its Thunderdome nonsense, AEW with its more concerted effort on using its roster to try and you know keep that sort of crowd noise and participation. And with New Japan, you know, they did the MT Arena shows to begin with for the New Japan Cup, and then they've you know gone to this limited capacity to the somewhat flawed uh mobile app accessory i guess that allows you to kind of cheer and boo which sounds like a thousand hair dryers going off um yeah i mean how, how do you find new japan have, have handled this transition like outside of the booking which is a separate thing we'll quickly talk about but just in terms of like the presentation and the production what have your thoughts been um I think that that I mean I'm happy that there's crowds, because um, you know even in, in North America and, and of course you know we have it way worse for various reasons I won't go into but um, I'm glad that they have fans, but it does detract from the product when the fans can only clap and but you, you know they're they're. They're told not to make loud noises, and I understand why. And, and you know, it's it's all part of New Japan's way of handling COVID nineteen. And I think they've done maybe the best job out of anybody in um, ensuring that both fans and wrestlers are, are are safe from from COVID. And I think they took the best preventive measures. I know Ring of Honor has. I mean, they just started back, but their their stuff seems to be pretty solid. WWE. Uh, you know, I don't need to go into it. I think we all know how that went at first. Uh, but New Japan, um, 
As far as the fans go, I, I kind of wish that they're more loud because I think that does, especially in New Japan, I think that the audience reactions are very essential to, to the product, especially during a G1 when everybody's going to go out there and work uh, their, their very best match. And sometimes it doesn't translate into that. And you, you saw, I mean, you saw the summer struggle when... Um, Minoru Suzuki and uh, Shingo Takagi had that match, and it was at just as good as any of those matches you've seen with uh, with, with uh, Ishii and Suzuki, where they just beat each other up for 20, 30 minutes, and it's an amazing spectacle. But that match was hurt by the lack of reaction. And um, it's very... It, on one hand, you, you have to applaud New Japan's effort into making sure that nobody uh, transmits this disease. And Japan generally has, has done... I mean, there, there's been spikes. Everywhere there's there's been spikes. But Japan, you know, you can criticize what, what they've done. But, I mean, compared to... I, I just think compared to the United States, I mean, everybody's done a much better job uh, of handling the, the coronavirus and... Uh, New Japan is a, is a part of that, and I, I just think that I, I mean I mean you have to it, it's it is what it is with uh, the crowds and everything. It's it's going to help not transmit this disease, but at the same time you are going to take a hit in um, in, in match quality because I th- I think audience reactions are just such a integral part of. Of, of how New Japan has grown to be one of the best wrestling promotions in the, in the entire world. And it's not even just the, the promotion. Like you've seen with specific wrestlers where they really have struggled to find a way to transition because, I mean, you know, Kazuchika Okada is one of the, if not the greatest wrestler in the world. And he, I mean, in fairness, the booking has not worked to his uh, advantage being booked in the just the m- most miserable feud of the year with Yujihiro Takahashi. But um, but you can definitely tell he's the kind of wrestler that does feed off of the crowd. And like I've been watching over the last week or so, I've been watching different matches from different eras and, you know, even watching um, some of the G1 stuff from last year. And the, the the crowd and the New Japan crowds in particular, you know, when they get into a match that, you know, is going to be a, a four to four and a half to five star type of match. Part of what makes that work is that crowd and how invested they get and how much they eat up every move. And, you know, we have seen a couple of very good matches. And like you mentioned, Takagi and Suzuki, and I think Shingo in general throughout these last couple of months has been the... Uh, one of the few real bright spots in in new japan um and across wrestling in general in terms of like translating to this kind of post-covid uh presentation um so yeah i do worry about you know like a, a match that could be i don't know four and a half stars only feels like a four star match because you know that the crowd participation adds that extra element uh, and it'll be interesting to see how the G1 translates to it. And, you know, I've been watching the the Champions Carnival and, you know, they are different companies and different presentations, but I haven't really been able to kind of invest that much into what they've been doing. Partly is because they have the likes of fucking Yoshitatsu 
uh, and um, uh, Jiro, whose name I can't remember, who uh, just, you know isn't really doing much no. for me. So I don't know. We'll, well, we'll see what happens with there, that. There's Kento Miyahara. At least there is, there is, but I mean, I've I found some of the booking to be a bit patchy with uh, with that so far. Um, speaking of weird or patchy booking, I don't know how what the best way to describe it, but um, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about him in in our preview. But we kind of have to mention Evil and the rise of Evil uh, coming out of this period. Um, he went into the New Japan Cup really being, you know, the the lowest member, almost the lowest member besides Bushi in LIJ, which was kind of actually, you know, addressed as such by Naito. Uh, he, and was Sonata, he, he was Sonata's tag team partner. <laughs> That's what he was. Yeah, yeah. And he clearly took that to heart and became really fucking evil and yeah. kicked his, kicked many dicks on the way to becoming the, the New Japan Cup winner. Um, and this also ended up with his turn, uh, becoming the, I'm still not sure if we want to say the leader of Bullet Club, but I guess the de facto leader. But, yeah, during you know, the pandemic the era, air. during the pandemic era, he's the leader, but, but Jay White's also back. So I guess there's, exactly. we're going to so, see how that dynamic works out. There are things we can talk about that in the, in the preview, but, uh, you know, he ended up surprisingly, becoming the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental champion, uh, defeating Naito at Dominion, uh, which in some ways came as a surprise, but, you know, as we've seen with the bigger picture, and when you think about what this year is, I, I'd have been more surprised if this had happened if COVID hadn't happened, but, but with COVID happening and with this year kind of being a write-off because, you know, we're not going to get any full capacities anytime soon, you know, if you want to try it and test the waters and see if a particular wrestler can be pushed to main event status, this is the time to do it. I'm still not sure Evil is the person uh, to try this with, but, you know, they've given it a go. And I don't know, what is what are your overall, overall thoughts been on Evil, his rise, and he's <laughs> now already ended uh, in all run as the heavyweight champion? Well... I'm not sure if it was the right guy to go with, I, but I, I mean, I guess they needed a new top heel, and you know, there were, there was rumors before, even before all of this happened that, that Evil was going to get a big push this year, and they just, you know, with, with New Japan, and this is always very clear whenever they, they want to push somebody, they, they, they don't pussyfoot around. Ghetto doesn't pussyfoot around when it comes to pushes. If he really wants to push somebody, he's going to push them to the moon, and they did that with Evil. They they made, they put him over. I mean, not clean, but uh, they they put him over very strongly against uh, Naito, who was the perfect guy to put to have put over Evil. If he if Evil's going to be the, the top guy, he needs to beat somebody at the top, and that was Naito. And as far as match quality, I I don't think it was that great. I I don't think. I don't think it was the right time during this pandemic to to put over somebody who's going to have like a ton of interference. That that's the Bullet Club's thing. It's that they're these matches are full of interference uh, to a nauseating degree, honestly. Um, but that's their thing, and I think that's hurt match quality. I think Naito and Eve, they they had okay matches. They weren't terrible, 
but I think they were a step down from your normal like New Japan main event level match. Uh, but Evil as a top guy, um, I think that they tried very hard, and I think there's still time for him to really grow into the role and really become like a top guy. I, I'm I'm not like fully dismissing him yet, but um, like as far as his run with the, the IWGP title and the Intercontinental title. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you would do that during a time where you're not sure how people are going to react. You're not sure how people are, what kind of people are going to come to the shows, how many. Uh, it's, I, I don't know if you do that, but you know, I guess Gato had a plan this year and the plan was to push evil to the moon. And uh, they, they put him with Dick Togo, who's, great in that role i really think he's actually really great in, the, in, in that role and um i mean they they made him a, a top guy if he's if he's going to remain like that i don't know but uh i definitely think they needed to push new guys during this run especially when international talent couldn't get in for for a long time and i think that's changed now i i mean we, it, it, it has changed because there are people coming in for uh, this tour and um, you need to push new guys in the interim, and Evil, I guess they went with. And uh, I wouldn't say it was a flop, but I wouldn't say it was like a major success either. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I do think that he does have uh, a certain presence and an aura about him, but I think one thing where they missed the trick is I always liked the side of evil they presented when he would be wearing suits and he'd almost look like a, a you know a part of the Yakuza or something or a mafia boss and I'd have liked if they'd have gone more in that direction with his overall presentation you know I think part of it is his outfits uh, he's been wearing like the first time he I think it was the Dominion show where he was wearing like what looked like a cheerleader skirt um, you know little bits of the presentation like that haven't really worked for me but also just he's you know he obviously has had some great matches over the years there's no denying that but he really even um, the, the match with Naito was okay but by no means up to the standards of what you'd expect with the the heavyweight title Takahashi for as great as Hiromu Takahashi was and I thought that match was against just okay um and the you know I it's I think part of it is the bigger picture that I have as an issue with the booking with New Japan at the moment is there is such a heavy emphasis on the the bullshit shenanigans and outside interference which and ref bumps which is you know We've been criticizing and complaining about for for a good few years now, but it really does seem to have gone into overdrive. Uh, and there is a time and a place. Like the the G one finals last year, which I watched today with Jay White and Kota Ibushi, was a tremendous match. And I will say, in that instance, the outside interference that all kind of played into it, and I thought that worked well. But it's just it's it's become so to the point of like it's been hammered home you know it's just it's redundant at this point so um yeah I, I do think with you it wasn't a failure but i don't think i would call it a success uh, and i think that a lot of eyes will be on evil to see how he'll uh how how he'll fare in this tournament and if he'll still feel like a, a main event player uh coming out of this tournament 
So with the G1 itself, uh, I think the first things we can talk about is who is not appearing in the, the tournament this year that was in that was in last year. Uh, we have three people. Uh, they would be John Moxley, Lance Archer, and Bad Luck Farley. I think it's fair to say no one was expecting Moxley to be in this tournament while he is the AEW Heavyweight Champion. Though I still think it's kind of weird this whole time how that would have played out with him being the AEW champ while being the US champ. I, I kind of think he'd have to have lost it before then, but I don't think those timelines would have matched up. So God knows how they'd have uh, figured that one out. Uh, Lance Archer signed a, a full-time contract with AEW, so I, I don't think anyone was expecting him to show up. Um, but, you know, he did have a tremendous tournament last year, and I think that plays a large part in why he is in AEW now. Um, Bad Luck Farley is, uh, he's stuck in uh, New Zealand because they have, uh, you know, got their lockdown restrictions at the moment. But I think it's fair to say that no one is going to, you know, miss him too much. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, if you wanted to look at Yuji Hiro Takahashi being the replacement, it's a real kind of one-to-one swap. So, um, yeah, any, anything to add there? And, you know, I, I think Moxley had a tremendous tournament last year and Archer had a great tournament as well. Um, do you think they'll be missed too much or is it not going to make too much difference? Uh, if Yujiro Takahashi isn't here this year, I wish one of those spots were replaced by uh, Archer or, or Moxley. But, um, you know, with, uh, with uh, things the way they are now, I, I wasn't expecting Moxley to... Uh, go on tour with them because I, he's AEW world champion and he's needed there on, on the AEW television. So uh, I wasn't expecting him to be in. I, I don't know when he's going to come back in. Uh, I, I guess people can uh, go to Japan now, I, I guess, under certain uh, restrictions, but uh, eventually he has to use the, lose the U.S. title, and I don't know when that's going to be. I mean, he whenever he faces Kenta, uh, who knows, but... Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, Archer, I, I don't see him back in New Japan anytime soon. The, the, the most amazing thing that I learned uh, with Archer was that he was never signed to New Japan. I, I mean, it was always a, a handshake kind of deal, and I think New Japan missed out on that. I, I'm very surprised by that, especially after that that performance in last year's G1 where he really stood out and he was really, really good. And I think that's what helped him get to AEW. Yeah, though I could also imagine that, I mean, he's, what, like, 44? He's around his mid-40s, and I can imagine at some point you probably want to get a contract a little bit closer to home. Uh, you know, I'm sure the traveling back and forth to Japan at some point, as fun as that is, you, you kind of want to settle a little bit closer to home. Um, but, yeah, it's still surprising with Japan that they went with the handshake agreement. But, you know, there's always someone that you you don't have your eye on that you should so it just you know new japan's not the first company to have that kind of situation pop up and they probably won't be the last um so moving on to our block a and block b lineups um something they're doing a little bit different this year is there's only one match on the undercard which kind of makes sense with the way things are at the moment uh which is going to be a revolving cast of three of the uh young lions who i can only remember uh, Gabriel Kidd. I can't remember who the other two are. Uh, it's um, Yota, Suji, and Yuya Urimura. That is what I've got you here for, Brian. <laughs> and so they will be doing a kind of revolving door um, as the only match on the undercard, which I'm all for, like, because of 
I'm sure they didn't do it with this in mind, but with the fact that we've got these two other tournaments, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to keep these shows at around about two and a half hours, uh, keep it nice and clean. And obviously with the, the precautionary measures with COVID, uh, I think this is a very smart way of doing it. Probably not how they'll do it every year going forward once we're, you know, in in a better position in the world. But uh, for this year, I'm, I'm all for it. It kind of reminds me of the format that they had before they switched to the... Uh multi-man tags that you, that's now on every tour of the tournament but um yeah it reminds me of the days where they just only had the the singles matches and those cards were like some of the best cards of the year uh so um i, I mean I, obviously things are different this year and there's reasons why they're doing it in this format but uh, it makes for a much better watch uh up and down the card uh or throughout the entire show because for those multi-man tags, I would just tune out. I mean that they're. I get why they're there, but they're also kind of. Some of them are good, but uh, most of them are just kind of there. So I mean, for me, I tune out. But now they're now for these cards, there probably won't be any time where I tune out because I always like watching young line matches because, uh, solidly they're they're always solid. They're always good uh, technical wrestling kind of matches, and then there's the the. The other matches, the G1 matches, which, cool. I, let's get right to it. And, you know, with a, with all this wrestling going on right now, you, you know, it's, it's so crazy that there's a pandemic going on. And, you know, things uh, some promotions aren't even back yet fully. And yet there's, there seems to be wrestling almost literally every day. And uh, having uh, 19 more shows or however many uh, added to this month and next month, it, it's, it's going to be crazy. So uh, a nice two and a half hour show. I, I mean, that works for me. Yeah, I I'm, I have a, a sheet where I track all of my matches that I've rated more than four stars. And even with the the lockdown period, I still have about 130 odd matches in there, um, which maybe that's a, me being very lenient with my four stars and above. But I still think that, yeah, like God knows how I would have been able to keep track of everything and you know there's still a whole bunch of promotions and matches and you know mexico's out the window for me so it's it's always a challenge trying to stay on top of, of wrestling um so yeah thank god thank god that these shows are going to be uh, a lot shorter and a lot cleaner uh let's crack on then starting with block a uh, and first of all we've got last year's winner kota abushi who won um, going 7-2 and beating Jay White in the finals. Uh, he would go on to unsuccessfully challenge Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom. And uh, since then, he formed up a team with Tanahashi as the Golden Aces, where they would actually win the Tag Team Championships and then go into a never-ending feud with Dangerous Techers of Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. And for the most part, I've enjoyed most of their interactions, but there's only so many times you can go down the well, however good that well is, before um, you really are hitting diminishing returns. Um... I don't think Ibushi is going to do a Tenzan and win the G1 two years in a row. Um, and it does kind of lead the question of what the hell you do with Ibushi going forward. Um, but, you know, what, what do you think of his chances this year uh, and any matches in particular that you're looking forward to? Well, uh, the opening date, which is on my birthday, by the way, uh, it, it's uh, him and Tanahashi. So I'm very excited for that match. It's, it's going to be awesome. Uh, as far as his chances go, um, I 
I think he can make it to the finals. I, I don't know if he would win, but um, yeah, I, I'm not like feeling that he would win two years in a row. Like like you said, I, I think I think it might be somebody else. So I don't see him winning, but obviously I see him having a very good tournament, and I could see him going pretty far. So should we say like a dark horse, maybe? I think a dark horse candidate to win. My, I think that that's fair to say. Where would you see him, say, come like... Because I, I feel like the whole storyline with him and Tanahashi isn't finished yet. Uh, I know that they had the um, the mild tease that Abushi was done with Tanahashi. Um, and I still think that there is more of that story to play out. I don't know if that's a Wrestle Kingdom match. But I guess, theoretically, uh, if you don't have anything for, for Ibushi coming out of the G1 or uh, any kind of title uh, pictures with him, I yeah, I could see him and Tanahashi at Wrestle Kingdom. So for me, I, I don't see Ibushi having much impact in this G1. I feel like that's the match for Wrestle Kingdom. It's him and, uh, and Tanahashi. Uh, like you said, I don't think that they're... they're the few that they've... I, I, don't, I don't want to call it a feud, but they, they've had arguments here and there they, they've kind of teased some stuff so i think at the very least we're going to get a match i don't know if either one will i don't know Tanahashi's not gonna turn i don't know if obushi will turn but um yeah i i am pretty sure that's the match for wrestle kingdom unless they, they go in a different direction with uh Ibushi, but i feel i'm feeling like that's the match uh, I, I think it's been a while since we've had a handsome battle at Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like the last one was Cody and Ibushi. So uh, if they want to do another handsome battle, uh, I think these are two uh, solid baby faces to go with. Um, moving on, Jeff Cobb, one of the four outsiders that surprisingly, um, you know, I, I was really curious to see who they were going to get in Um or what you know what the lineup was going to be in general and i didn't think that we were going to see any outsiders but apparently what seems to have been a real last minute deal um they managed to get four people in that we will talk about and uh, jeff cobb being one of them who apparently has now signed a contract with new japan um and you know he's been appearing on the u.s shows uh, over the summer so i would imagine if things stay the way they are um you know he'll be in for this tour and then when things clear up again, he'll he'll be back. But uh, he went four and five in his debut last year, and a lot of people seem to have been very disappointed with that tournament. Um, he certainly didn't really stand out. He wasn't in the block to stand out, I'll have to say, where this year he has a lot of wrestlers that I think he can have very good matches with. Um, and we've seen some of those before, like him and Okada at the Madison Square Garden show was a tremendous match. Uh, and, you know, there's some of the best wrestlers in the world in this tournament, in this block with him. So I think it's fair to say uh, neither of us expect him to win. But where do you think in terms of like his match quality? Do you, you, you think that he can reach the levels that I think it's, he's one of those wrestlers where we all think that he can be at a particular level, but hasn't reached that level yet? Well, I had to be reminded that he was in last year's tournament to, to remember that he was in the tournament. So... Uh, I, I can't, I mean, last year, I, I don't know if he had, like, the best tournament. I, I, I guess it's based on the, the block he was in. But uh, things are different this year. A block is one of the best blocks that I, I've maybe ever seen in, in one of these tournaments. So, uh, 
I mean, if he doesn't have a great year this year, I mean, then then I don't know. But and that would be weird because Jeff Cobb generally is is a very good wrestler and has great matches. So um, I expect him to have a much better tournament this year. If he signed, I, I think he will he'll do much better. <coughs> excuse me, in uh, terms of of match quality and uh, and uh, victories and stuff like that. So I don't I don't see him winning, but I I see him doing a good enough job to where I get he's a he's a pushed guy in the America uh, in, in the America tours so I see him doing better than last year I see him doing better match quality wise than last year uh, I don't see him winning though yeah I mean I'm hoping at least I mean again he's got guys in here that I think play two strengths and one of the better matches he had in the G1 last year against Ishii he gets to go against Ishii again so I think that uh you know between that between Okada between Osprey I like to think that he will at least um you know improve performance wise uh on last year but I don't think that uh like Points-wise, he got eight points last year, and I'd be very surprised if he managed to hit eight points again. Uh, I could actually see him doing a little worse than that. Yeah, that's true. That is true because he does have a uh, much bigger names this year, but maybe he'll get a few surprise wins. Who who knows? True. Maybe he'll be the Toriyano of the Block A. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have Kazuchika Okada, who has won the tournament twice in 2012 and 2014. Uh, who went 7-2 last year. And I always find it weird to see Okada in the G1 without holding the IWGP heavyweight title. I mean, he's done it a few times, but I always kind of find it jarring. Um, thankfully, this time, he will not be carrying any red balloons to the ring and just, in general, being a little bit goofier. Um, that was one of the weirder eras of Okada that I've had to encounter, or we've had to encounter. Um it's fair to say that Okada's year has, while not been weird, certainly has been lackluster. Uh, he, again, as we mentioned, his feud with Takahashi has been... I, I saw a, a tweet earlier today about how WWE have won worst feud of the year, going back to like 2002. <laughs> yeah. I would have no issues with putting Okada Takahashi as the worst feud of the year so far. Um, I'm, although, although Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt does exist, so oh, I oh, that, can't... that's much worse. That's I, much yeah, worse. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. Part of me, part of me wants to say still Okada Takahashi because I just expect more yeah. from Okada. Yeah, I, I, but... I mean, it's it's the worst feud of the year in New Japan. I, I don't know why they decided to go with it for for so long. Well, I think it was partly because I would imagine at this point Okada being around 32 and living a very hard last seven years or so, working a very hard style. Uh, I, you know, I can imagine this was just a way to give him a very extended break because I think he's taken maybe two bumps over the last six months. And, uh, and I can't blame him for that. He went ahead and created the King of Pro Wrestling Tournament, which... Our current inaugural champion is Toriyano, which means, you know, we have to give as much time to that as you would expect for someone where Toriyano is the singles champion. Um, but in terms of this tournament, Okada always is going to be a favorite. I think that goes without saying. And I think it's 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 harder to predict when he's not the champion because when he is the champion, you, just, you never expect the champ to win. Um, but when he's not... You always really kind of have to look at it as, you know, 
he could win this. And the obvious rematch to be made there is with him and Naito at the Tokyo Dome. But for me, and we've mentioned this a couple of times, with the way New Japan is this year, or just the way wrestling is in general at the moment because of COVID and not being able to hit full capacity, do you want to burn a Naito Okada match in a dome that I don't think anyone is expecting them to be able to fill to its full capacity? So, you know, do you want to go in another direction? Um, so, in that instance, does Okada win the G1? And I don't think he does win it this year. I don't think I don't think he's going to be there at the end. I maybe maybe again maybe the finals, but I do not see him winning. I think um, I think he'll have a good tournament. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, he hasn't had the great greatest year. He feuded with Yujiro Takahashi in matches that sucked. He, he's had weird feuds uh, with like Gato and uh, handicap matches and Toru Yano and you know all this stuff that's a lot. Been obviously these are matches that are a lot easier on his body. So maybe he's saving himself for this tournament, and I mean, with this block, he needs to have like excellent matches with everybody. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as match quality, I'm hoping that he has great matches. I, if, I mean, I think he will. I mean, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So I, I mean, he's he's gonna have to. Um, I, I do think that one thing, the the main thing most people are gonna be looking at is to see if his overall match quality picks up um just because you know again he's he's not really been putting out like he's been you know naito in a t-shirt in terms of his effort over the last few months which again i can completely sympathize with considering the level of his opponents um but you know he's in there with the likes of abushi and jay white and takagi and you know uh, ishii and all of these people that we know he's had incredible matches with um, and, you know, you'd like to think that we're going to see the, the Okada that we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping that we see the Okada that we all know, but he's taking it very easy. I, I'm, I mean, obviously he must be banged up because uh, he's worked such a hard style over the last, what has it been, eight years. So... Um, I mean, obviously, he's going to be banged up. And, you know, with, with all this going on, everything's so uncertain and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, maybe maybe he just wanted to take it easy until the G1 where he has to step it up. And he does have to step it up because, again, this block is a, a killer block. And, I mean, if, if Okada has a lackluster tournament, then that, that's really saying something. So, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm still pretty sure that we're going to have great matches from him. But uh, he's taking it easy this year, so I, I don't know really what to expect. Next up, we have one third of the Never Openweight Six Man Tag Team Champions in Tomohiro Ishii. And there's two things that you can usually guarantee with Ishii in a G1. He's probably going to go 4 5 or 5 4, and he's probably going to be the MVP of the tournament. Uh, going back to 2015, since then, he's gone 5-4, 4-5, 4-5, 5-4, and 4-5. Um, but regardless of that, I think it's fair to say that when you come out of a G1 and you look at you know the top 10 matches, Ishii pretty consistently will appear in at least four to five of those matches. 
And um, I don't expect anything different this year. You know, like the psychopaths who try to give Ishii, you know, like 12, 14 points in their pickums. God bless you, but it's never going to happen. Um, and I don't expect anything different this year. But again, with the quality of this block, um, you know, there, there's a, a whole bunch of four and a half uh, to five star potential matches uh, in this in this block with Ishii. Yes, um, obviously, obviously, I don't expect him to win, uh, but. Ishii is somebody who is consistently awesome. I mean, he is way more banged up than, than I think anybody on this roster right now, but but he's still putting on some of the best matches uh, of the year. So uh, I expect him to do no, nothing different. I expect him to have incredible matches with just about everybody here, maybe even against Taichi, who knows? Not Yujiro. I, I don't I, you know I I I love uh, Ishii, but I don't I don't expect him to have a great match with Yujiro. Uh, I want him to squash Yujiro in twenty seconds, to be quite honest. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't want to see any Yujiro match, but uh, we'll get to him in a bit. But uh, yeah, I expect him to have great matches with just about everybody everybody on this uh, block. So uh, he won't win, but uh, he will very likely be yet again the MVP of the tournament. The, the one match that I am most curious about uh, is against Will Ospreay because it will be a first-time meeting between the two. And we'll, we will move on to Will Ospreay. And I think it's fair to say, before we start with Will Ospreay, um, obviously we had the, the speaking out movement over the... Um, it was around about March, April, I want to say. And, uh, and Osprey turned up in that. And it had been something that had been addressed before um, with accusations or allegations against him uh, with a female professional wrestler, Pollyanna, um, who had been sexually assaulted by a friend of Osprey's. And this led into uh, instances, apparently, alleged instances where he had attempted to blackball her from the industry. You know, we have to address it because it's there. Um, and your views on this uh not you specifically brian but you know for anyone listening um if you don't feel comfortable watching osprey if you are boycotting new japan because of osprey's inclusion in this tournament i completely understand that and and i respect that decision um i am still able to watch new japan and i'm still going to be able to watch this g1 it is obviously going to be something in the back of my mind during osprey matches um and you know, I'm not exactly going to be going out of my way to shower the man with praise, even if he does have incredible matches, which I very much expect he will because he is that good of a wrestler. But, um, you know, like for the people, uh, I've seen kind of elsewhere people saying, look, look, don't shout and scream at like Japanese fans if they want to cheer Osprey. Just complain to New Japan. That is who you need to address this to, which is exactly what you know you should be doing. And you know, if you choose to vote with your wallet and not uh, spend any money to, to watch New Japan during the G1, I, you know, I fully respect that decision. But um, he, he is in this tournament. He did come over. He is here. Um, I guess it's going to be very interesting to see. You know, clearly they had big plans for him. Um, you know, he pinned Tanahashi last year. Uh, he went four and five, but you know he was by far one of the wrestlers of last year, and and definitely someone that New Japan had intentions to push very high. 
God knows what's going to happen now. God knows like what their interests in the the Pollyanna situation are. Um, so I have no idea how Osprey gets booked in this tournament because you know, God knows what. How, how much, again, how much interest New Japan have in that whole situation and if that will in any way impact them in how they, they push Osprey in this tournament. And if to be honest, if that was the case, he probably wouldn't have been appearing in the tournament in the first place. Yeah. My feeling is that, you know, that there's all the, the, the blackmail stuff and everything. I never felt that New Japan was going to fire him over that. And, you know, you, everybody has thoughts on that. And, you know, as somebody who... It was very disheartened to see all this stuff come out during the speaking out accusations uh, and, and all that. Um, you, you know, I, I heard about that. I'm like, okay, that that's that's pretty awful. It's, it's very awful. Um, but, you know, New Japan reacts differently to that kind of stuff. I, I remember that when uh, all that stuff with Elgin was first brought out, um, New Japan was kind of like, I, I don't know what the reaction was internally, but they brought him back still. So I, I didn't expect Will Ospreay to be like left out. I, I always expected him to come back. Uh, and, you know, people are going to have reactions, and they're, I think they're justified. Uh, at the same time, it's, it's, it's weird because Osprey is very, very, very talented. So, and I always like seeing talented people, but I mean, like you said, there's always going to be something in the back of my head thinking about what, ha oh, excuse me, uh, what happened there. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be weird watching his matches. Is this, is it, there's just going to be, be this feeling of, of weirdness. Um, as far as push, um, I don't know, we'll see. I think before all this came out, I mean, I think Osprey was supposed to have this uh, this killer year where he was supposed to be pushed uh, very high. I don't know if that's still the case. I mean, that, that, I mean, even with the 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 that those accusations and all that, there's also um, how people will be able to travel. I think in Japan, I think there, I think now they've opened it up to where people can come in. Uh, there's something with a foreign residence and stuff like that. I, I don't know if that applies to everybody here who's coming in, but uh, it's, it, all of it's still weird. So I, I don't know how he's going to do in this tournament uh, as far as wins and losses and if he'll make it to the finals. I I kind of feel like he has a chance, especially if New Japan's going to go ahead and go with him. But I can also see him not making it. So, I, I mean... I think he has a better chance than some of the other people on this block, but I don't know if the, if they'll go ahead and do it. Um, and if you want to go just purely on like the matches we have here, uh, and as much as we can, I mean, you know, he's got uh, the second ever meeting with him and Jay White. I remember their match in Ring of Honor being a, an incredible match. Uh, he he's got uh, the match with Kota Ibushi, which, you know, the, they met at Wrestle Kingdom and had one of the matches of that show. Then there's, you know, him and Okada meet up again, and they had one of the matches of last year's oh, tournament. Osprey and Shingo had one of the best matches of last year. 
absolutely they did. I mean, you can say Osprey in a number of wrestlers, and it would be the best match of last year. And then there is the weirdest fucking match of this entire tournament, him and Minoru Suzuki, which has given me flashbacks mm. to Styles and Suzuki, which was the best match of that year's yeah, that, tournament. That was, I think that that was what match of the year. That was match of the year, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure some people are hoping that Suzuki just goes in there and stretches Osprey for 15 minutes. Yeah, and, sure, uh, you sure know, there's, there's a chance that could happen, but... Yeah, um, we'll move on from there, and uh, we'll go to Shingo Takagi, who, as I mentioned earlier, has really been the MVP of New Japan in this kind of post-COVID era. Um, I mean, the man the man can just do no wrong. He is, without a doubt, one of the, the best professional wrestlers in the world. And uh, he had the tournament that I thought he would have last year, where he wouldn't actually do as well as some people thought that he would. Uh, I always thought he was going to be kind of middle of the pack around 4-5, which is where he ended up being. I unfortunately feel that that will be the same case this year. I just, I don't see Shinko ever being put into that higher elevated position, um, partly because of his age, um, where he's, I think he's, I want to say around 37, 38. Uh, and even though, you know, the man can still go like the best in the business, uh, I just think that that chance has passed by. But I do think that, you know, he, like Ishii, um, are gonna, he's going to be one of those wrestlers for the next few years where he'll never really, you know, he'll never go that far in a tournament, but he'll definitely be one of the MVPs. And I think that, I think that's going to very much be the case this year, as just with, you know, the amount of quality in Block A. Uh, I just, I can't see a chance where he doesn't come out of this with at least, you know, a, a handful of four-star matches or more. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely see him being a lot like Tomohiro Ishii, where he has some of the best matches of the tournament. He can be considered the MVP, but he'll end up with like four or five wins, and I, I don't see him going to the finals. I don't see him winning. But I, I see him, like, as far as match quality goes, I see him doing very good. He's uh, been consistently great uh, ever since. Well, I mean, even as a junior heavyweight, he was awesome. So he's always been consistently very, very good. Uh, great, even. And uh, Takagi, I, I, I don't see him winning, but I see him doing very, very good. Could you see him even being, like, a, a player in the finals this year? Do you think he'll improve um, on his 4-5 record? Is it just is it just too difficult, too impossible to tell because of like who is in this block with him? I mean, there's a remote possibility, but I, I just don't see. It. I think that there's much better candidates in terms of name value that will make it. But there's also the, the years where there's like a guy somehow makes it to the finals, but faces a guy who's definitely winning. So, I, I maybe th- maybe that's one of those years. But you know, I don't I don't know I I, I, I don't. Like right now, I just don't see him making it to the finals. I see him more as a, as a Tomohiro Ishii type where he will have matches against the main event guys and they'll be awesome. I think someday they, they could be matches that can headline a show. But I don't see him like making it to the finals or, or, or winning. Uh, a surprising exclusion from last year was Minoru Suzuki, who even with his age, is you know still moves like someone 20 years um younger and a lot of that is around his style where the man just really doesn't take bumps um he you know he's really got this figured out but he's back in this year um his last tournament in 2018 he went 5-4 and he 
actually, when I looked at his record, he's not someone who's ever really had a dominant run in a G1. Um, but he's always someone that I look forward to because, I mean, you know, Suzuki is just one of my favorite wrestlers to, to watch because he has such a different style to most others. And he's someone as well who I think has been uh, incredibly enjoyable in this post-COVID era. I very much enjoyed his run with him and Nagata. And, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of wrestlers in this block where it's going to be very interesting to see what he does. Like him and Shingo, I'll be happy to see them go at it uh, again. I thought their match at Summer Struggle was excellent. Um, and as mentioned, him and Osprey is just going to be one of the, the weirder matches that we see. Uh, and hopefully he'll just beat the shit out of Takashi and get him done in under 30 seconds. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Though uh, I'm thinking that about Takashi and everyone in this block, so yeah. what do you see? Uh, what do you see Suzuki's chances in this tournament? Um, he could make it to the finals, I think. I, I mean, it's possible. I, I he's. Not, I mean, he's never done so. Do you think yeah. that would happen at this point? I mean, maybe, but but the, like like you said, he has. He's never made it before, so I mean, I think he has a better chance than others, but I don't think he will. I think he'll have a great tournament. I, I mean, one of my favorite matches of this year during during the COVID era was him and Nagata, the, the first match. And um, I think he will have great matches with... I mean, I, I can't remember a, a Suzuki Ishii match that was bad. Same with Okada. Same with... Uh, I think he, he and Ibushi have had matches before. I forget, but uh, that sounds awesome. Um... Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see any matches where he would have a bad match. I mean, Takahashi, obviously, but uh, obviously he's like the, the one who can't have good matches with anybody. Uh, so I, 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 I think there's a remote possibility he'll make it to the finals, but I don't think he, he's going to make it. I think uh, I think that there, there's much more higher names on the card that will get... I mean, last year he didn't make it because... Um, I don't know why, but... I mean, I could see his age playing a part in that. I think he's going to be somebody that, that's pushed more than the other guys who are around 50 years old, but I don't see him making it to the finals. Someone we haven't actually mentioned yet in this block, uh, which is surprising because he is one of my wrestlers of the year, is the uh, Emperor himself, Taichi, um, who is one half of the tag team champs currently with Zack Sabre Jr. And I, you know, Taichi's elevation to the heavyweight division has really, like, changed a lot of people's perception of this guy. Um, and I, I've greatly been enjoying his work over the last two years or so. And uh, I, I very much enjoy as well the fact that he, you know, was petitioning to get into last year's tournament, got him, everyone cheered, everyone loved it, and then he didn't want to be in this year's tournament because he's too tired being one half of the tag team champs. What a phenomenal hill that this man is. Um, he, yeah, he's had a sneaky, he's had one of those kind of sneaky good years. Uh, and obviously when you're feuding with Ibushi and Tanahashi for most of the summer, that's going to happen. Um, in terms of this tournament, I guess the most interesting match is simply him and Suzuki. Uh, I feel like this is something that they've always kind of teased at here and there, but they've never really pulled the trigger on. And I'm not saying that this is them pulling that trigger, but definitely just kind of seeing how these two interact and what happens with this match uh you know i've always kind of liked the idea that at some point taichi would go for the throne of suzuki goon um 
And yeah, I'm, I'm very, this is a match I'm very, very curious to see, more for the kind of storyline implications, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Taichi... I, I mean, I know a lot of people like him. I know a lot of people... Uh, I mean, I, I think he's been a lot better as a heavyweight than as a junior heavyweight because I still remember the best of the Super Juniors tournament in 2016 where he just didn't do anything. I think it, that hurt the tournament a lot. Uh, but uh, this year, uh, he's had a good year. Uh, I don't know if I would rank him as like some my favorite worker in uh, New Japan. I, I think his work has been pretty good, a, a lot better than in recent years. Um, but I mean, he, he. I'm thinking like based on his push in the last year, he has he he's like to me he's in like a remote possibility he might make it to the finals, but I don't see him winning. I I don't see him winning this tournament but i do see maybe maybe him getting a pin over suzuki and them uh going into uh, some sort of never uh program i think that'd be interesting but uh, i definitely definitely don't see any like uh any chance of him reaching the finals uh definitely no chance of winning but you know taichi wrestler of the year just just remember that i said it here here first um Someone who I do think has a chance of winning this tournament and making his return after um, being not able to be not able to get into the country is the Switchblade Jay White, who last year lost in the final to Kota Ibushi, going six three. Um, it's been interesting with everything to do with Evil and his rise to uh, to some level as the de facto leader of Bullet Club. And uh, Jay White being notably quiet in his celebration of evil. Uh, and uh, up until this point, we still haven't really heard anything from Jay White. I think this is going to be a very fascinating tournament. And, and I think that with the way that it's played out with Ghetto's booking in, in the last few years, where the person who is the runner-up uh, the previous year um, is usually involved in the tournament the next year in terms of either winning or some capacity like that. For me, I have Jay White winning this tournament. And um, I, I do think that with what I mentioned earlier about Akada and not needing to do the Naito uh, Akada match at the Dome because you don't have to worry about trying to fill the Dome out, I think that this could be a time to really push White to that level, get him familiar with fans as a Tokyo Dome main eventer, not have to worry too much about if they, you know, have to feel whether it's 15,000 or 20,000 in the Dome. Um, and the fact that he was the run-up last year. I I have Jay White winning this tournament. I think he has a very good chance of winning because um, last year he was in the finals with Ibushi and they had a really, really, really good match. Um, I... I even with all the interference, which I, I didn't think was great, I, th I still thought they had a, a really, really good match. Uh, not the quality of other G1 matches that I've seen, but they still had a really good match. Um, Jay White is somebody that I think they're very keen on pushing. I mean, obviously he was a, a champion, uh, IWGP champion. And, I, I you know, the, the thing with Evil is very interesting because he's kept quiet about that. And uh, this will be his first tour back in Japan after being gone since February. And a lot has changed since then. So, I, I, you, you know, 
a evil G White final is very very interesting because obviously whoever wins will will face uh, Naito or if he's if he's going to be champion at Tokyo Dome and I'm pretty sure he will be. Um, yeah, I mean that and G White Naito have always had awesome matches. I mean dangerous matches, but still awesome. Uh, and evil, I, I don't see him headlining the Tokyo Dome. So I, I could see a situation where they, they reach the finals and, and White wins. Uh, and, and, you know, he lost last year, and they could very easily book a, a, a storyline where he wins this year based on, uh, you know, him losing last year. That That's very much a, a ghetto kind of booking uh, thing. So I can definitely see him winning this year. I, I think this might be his year. Yeah, you... Switchblade, Jay White, and Evil is my G1 Finals. Uh, that is my prediction. Um, That's very likely. So, yeah. So, I, I think... which probably, which probably means it'll end up being fucking a Carter and Tanahashi. But you know, this <laughs> is how it usually works with me. Um, I don't have much to say about Yujihiro Takahashi other than the uh, the running joke that Ghetto accidentally picked the wrong Takahashi. Yeah. Um, I think more than that, I think it's more a damning um, indictment of Satoshi Kojima, who I think would have been absolutely fine to place into this tournament ahead of Takahashi. Uh, you know, I think Kojima still can go, and I think he's—I still think he's a great wrestler, and uh, I think that is more of a shame because, you know. The, Hiromu hasn't made like the official elevation to the heavyweight division, so y- you can have that excuse, that reason, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I'm more um, not upset, but annoyed that Yujihiro got in ahead of Kojima. Um, yeah. That's it. That that's all I have to say on Takahashi. Yeah, there's... if he if he breaks three stars, then great, good for him. Yeah, I I think this is a spot wasted. I I don't think there's anything in Yujiro. I think it's kind of like a. Uh... He's not even like a comedy act. He's just a guy that fills space on the roster. He's not that good. Um, I just think there's so many better people that could be put in that role. E- even if you don't want to put somebody in like a Hiromu or, or show because they're junior heavyweights, which I, I think is a lame reason, but whatever. I, I think even if you put somebody in like Satoshi Kojima or, or Yuji Nagata, who's 52 years old, but yet still... <laughs> Has some of the best matches, uh, singles matches. Whenever he uh, gets a singles match, like uh, with him and uh, Minoru Suzuki, who had an awesome match uh, earlier this year and had one of the better matches of uh, of anything anywhere uh, during this pandemic. Uh, I think it's a real shame that somebody like him is not in this tournament. I, I think he easily could have uh, replaced uh, Yujiro, but I guess they want another bullet club guy in this mat in this tournament and i don't know I, I don't think it's the right choice i i guess it's better than folly i mean folly just just doesn't do anything anymore so uh at least Yujiro does stuff it's not good but at least it's it's him doing something you're you're grading on the steepest of curves there. yeah uh <laughs> and if i had to compare well, uh... I, I would much rather have Yujiro than uh folly well, uh, we'll move on to block B, and we'll start off with Hiroshi Tanahashi, who is a three-time winner of the tournament back in 2007, 2015, and 2018. Uh, last year was a very interesting tournament for Tanahashi because it was the first time in 11 years where he actually had a losing record of 4-5. And, 
you know, you can never count out Tanahashi. Uh, he is someone that can always reach your finals. Um, even with his advancing age, uh, he is, you know, one of the smartest workers in the business to work around an injury, which you are never really sure if it's real or not. Um, but he is just, you know, he is one of those one of those workers who, who can really question if he's actually injured or not. But I imagine he is actually very banged up. Um, I, I don't see how he uh, reaches the finals this year. I, I know I was just saying that you can never count out Tanahashi, but I just think that there's just too many other options. And as great as he is, you know, it's really at that point where it's like, unless he's there to put someone else over in the finals, which you can do, uh, there is no reason at this point that he needs to be winning the G1 uh, at this point um, when you've got other players in the field. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about this the other day, and I, I gave you what I thought was like a good final, but now that, I, I, we're, that, or that we're going through all the names and stuff, um, I, I don't... I mean, I could see him going to the finals and putting someone over. I do not see him winning at all. Uh, Tanahashi at this point he is it's amazing how good he is even though he's very binged up I mean that there's that bicep injury that I don't think has ever really recovered that I mean his knees have to be uh very binged up um he, he's just very 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 binged up but he's still like one of the best wrestlers in the world and he's super charismatic so that that that's going to take him very far um as far as his match quality in this tournament, I could see him having some great matches with, uh, you know, Kenta and then Saber and Goto. I mean, I, I all those I, I see Naito, I see all those being very great. Uh, I I just don't see him winning. I I think at his age and where they want him on the card, I I don't. I mean, he's still good enough to where he that he's they're gonna he's gonna be pushed, but I don't see him winning. Um, tournament or the title or anything like that yeah because even like his 2018 g1 victory and subsequent wrestle kingdom match with omega both of those really did come as a surprise like i don't think anyone was expecting tanahashi to win in 2018 um and it just it would just be even more of a, a a weird decision to go with. and not weird in the fact that you know again Tanahashi is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time you know you can put him into the Wrestle Kingdom main event if you wanted to you could have him win the G1 and you wouldn't question it that much but purely just from the 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 perspective of like okay really is time to to push these next guys uh that there really is no reason for Tanahashi to win at this point but yeah, he, I, he still has the potential to have some very good matches in this tournament. Um, I guess the most interesting thing is, does he go 4-5? Does he go on the, the losing side again this year? Um, because you can never count on that, because again, it's Tanahashi. But I just, I don't see, I see more benefit for the guys that he could put over in this block, I guess. Um, you know, I, I, I see him... Like the likes of Evil and Sonata, I think benefit greatly from pin, pinning Tanahashi. Um, but I guess there's a few people in here that he can still beat, whether it be Yano or Juice Robinson. So it's tough to tell. I really don't know where Tanahashi ends up at the end of this tournament on on the last day. Yeah, it's it's very up in the air. I could see him either not making it to the finals, or I could see him making it to the finals but losing. 
So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have Juice Robinson, who, uh, as far as I'm aware, was living in England with Tony Storm, but I might be wrong with that. But he definitely wasn't in Japan. Um, he was there at the start of the year. He won the Tag Team Championships with David Finlay at Wrestle Kingdom and shortly subsequently lost them to uh, Golden Aces. And then that was pretty much it for him. Um, Juice Robinson has never really had any kind of spectacular G1. It's always been more solid than anything else. And um, I really don't like his chances this year, uh, partly just the you know the momentum that he may have had has, has gone out the window. Um, and it's not his fault. He's just obviously not been able to get into the, the country. But I do think that with a bunch of the wrestlers that are in this block, I find it very difficult to believe that he's going to, you know, do any better than four or five uh and it's just because of some of the wrestlers in this block as well i you know i think block b looks fine but i do think that the potential to have those higher quality of matches compared to the block a um you know juice robinson is always someone that i think is, is is a perfectly fine wrestler i think he's he's very good at what he does and he has that connection with the crowd, which is also like a Carter. He's going to struggle, I think, to, to have those matches without that crowd connection. And uh, yeah, I, I worry that I'm going to be looking at my watch or, or looking at Twitter more often than not during his matches. Yeah, um, I think it's just a case of momentum this year. He doesn't have any of it. Last year, he had some momentum, and uh, he, I think he had a pretty good G1 last year. Um, this year, I mean, obviously there's, there's been all the COVID stuff. And then when uh, the new trans started running shows in the USA, he was out injured and I, I guess he's cleared now and he's, he's back and he's, uh, doing this tournament. Um, I don't see him winning or, or even making it to the finals. I, I see him doing probably middle of the road. I, I see him having some good matches against some of the, the better workers on, uh, on this block. And uh, maybe that that's it. Uh, it. It's just a case of him not doing much this year. And some of that is out of his control. I mean, obviously, the COVID stuff has, has put some people on ice for a very long period of time. Uh, but he's also been injured. And I, I, he hasn't done anything in, a, in the USA shows. I, I think he was... I think he was supposed to, but he got some sort of injury. Um, so... so yeah, I don't see him doing like spectacular, spectacularly. Yeah, I can't, I can't say that word, but uh, I don't, I don't see him doing like great in this tournament. Uh, someone else who I don't see doing great in this tournament, Hiroki Goto, um, who, God bless him, but you know, they don't do gold watch runs in this company, and uh, it just. I don't have a lot to say about Hiroki Goto in 2020, you know, like he, he was in the finals of 2016, he had an incredible match with Kenny Omega in the finals that year, uh, but since then he's gone 5-4, 3-6, and 5-4, um, and I just, I don't see it going more than that, um, and Goto this year, he's actually, I was looking at my, my uh, review sheet, and he's actually had a sneaky good year. Uh, and I do think that the um, the six-man tag matches that he's been a part of have been very, very good. But, yeah, I, I don't think come the end of this tournament, Goto is someone we're going to have that much to talk about. And I definitely don't see him being a contender on the last day. Yeah, Goto is one of those where 
I always think he's very, very good. I, I don't remember like a, a go-to match that was bad. He's always been consistently very good to great. But the way he is presented and pushed and, and you know, his, his place on the roster, people just assume he's, he's like a guy on the roster, which, I mean, for the most part, he is. But he's had some, some really great matches in, in the last year. And, you know, he's one of those who will have, like, a great match with just with some of the top workers. He'll have some of the best matches of the tournament. But uh, his push, I mean, ever since he joined Chaos, I kind of feel like, yeah, this is him just being a guy on the roster. Well, like, there was a, a lots of chances where he could have been the top guy and maybe it would have worked. But when it came time for the actual match, uh, he didn't win. So, so now he's just a guy on the roster. Um, there's, I can kind of feel like, I don't know. I I, I mean, yeah, thinking about it, I, I don't know if he'll make it to the finals. I, I don't think he will. But I wouldn't be surprised if he was. And, and I mean, he can, whoever wins the A block, he'll have a great match with. And, I mean, Gopher's just weird because he's, he has all the check marks for being a great worker, but it's like nobody's excited for him because everybody knows what, what's going to happen with him. He, he's going to lose. He's not going to win the big one. So yeah, I, I, and he, he, he's he's, he's very much in that yeah. he's very much in that position now, like the match with Omega, where he's there, where you can put him in with someone to have a very good match, but you don't have to burn off the money match, um, and that is. In some ways, it's great to have someone like that, but for that person in question, it's not great for them, I guess. No. Goto's always that, uh, the type that will have great matches, and you can always put him in the main event, and he'll be fine. He'll be great even, but at this point of his career, the, the time frame would be like a, a serious contender has passed, and he is a guy on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have much to say about the next two. Toriano, he is obviously the person who is a nightmare to book in your pickums because he can pin anyone, he can lose to anyone. He is Teflon. Um, I had a nightmare with him trying to figure out which of the top guys he was going to beat because he's going to beat at least one of them. I think I had him beaten evil, I have to be honest, but I'll have to go and double check on that. And then Yoshihashi is back in after missing out on, I think, the last two years. And uh, I'm happy for him and his uh, championship victory being one third of the six-man champs. But again, like Yoshihashi in the G1 doesn't really excite me in any way. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I just don't have much I can say about these two. Yeah, Toriano is going to be the guy who has funny matches with people on the undercard, and they'll be entertaining. Uh, he can pin anybody. I mean, I think that's been proven in this tournament that he can pin just about anybody. So if uh, so, I, I mean, he's he's interesting at the very least. I don't see. I mean, obviously, I don't see him winning or making it to the finals, but uh, he's a nice little spoiler, I guess, on this card that that keeps things interesting. Uh, Yoshihashi, um, yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Yoshihashi. Uh, it's I, just not. There's just not much you can say. It's like Goso. Yeah. It's like okay, he's there, you know. Well, like, I, I guess people who who want to root for the underdog, I guess they're happy that Yoshihashi made it. Uh, but uh, he, I mean, I think there's better people on the card you can go with. 
uh, on uh, with a tournament like this. Yoshihashi, it's mid card for life. I, I don't see him ever getting past that spot. Uh, and he's not like Ishii where he's really good. He's he's fine. He's not he's not anything special. Uh, so I don't see him. I mean, he can have great matches with uh, like uh, with Tanahashi and, and Kenta and all that. But I don't see him like doing like great. I, I like when we look back on this a year from now. I I don't. I'm not going to say wow, Yoshihashi had a great tournament because I I'm, I'm not sensing that. No. Uh, someone who has had very good tournaments in the past is the current IWGB Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion, Tatsuya Naito, who uh, was in the finals of 2011, which I completely forgot, and I'm going to have to go back and watch that at some point. Uh, he won in 2013, uh, and he also won in 2017 in a fucking incredible match against Kenny Omega. Um, and that and the... I can't remember if it was the year before or the year after, the uh, the finals night, or the the... The, the winning block decider match between those two uh, are some of my favorite matches of all time. Uh, Naito, look, you can't count him out. It goes without saying. It's always weird when you have the champion, like how it's more a case of who will they lose to to set up matches on the way towards Wrestle Kingdom where you can give some level of viability that the challenger could win, but they definitely won't because, you know, that's just what the Wrestle Kingdom match is going to be. Um... One of these years, they'll have to change the booking to to do something different. I don't see it being this year. I do see Naito going into Wrestle Kingdom as the champ. So it is a case of, okay, who do we set up? Um, so you could look and justifiably, you could have a, a Tanahashi or a Kenta pick up a victory if they wanted to do another Kenta match. I think that'd be pretty cool because uh, I still think the, the actions that Kenta had at Wrestle Kingdom were tremendous. Um, even if the match was just okay. Um, I think the most interesting thing with this block is Sonata and Evil. And, you know, this year has been a lot about LIJ. Um, I think there are further implications with both Sonata, as well, obviously, with Evil, that will play out uh, over the next six months or so. Um, so I do think that Sonata is going to pick up a victory. I'm not sure if Evil will. Um, but I think this is more like what the focus of this tournament will be rather than, you know, if Naito is there in the finals, because I, I don't think we'll be seeing the, the IWGP champ win G1 anytime soon. Um, you know, we saw, um, Tetsuya Endo win the DDT, uh, tournament and, uh, he is the champ there and, and, um, one of the match with Omega, which is a bit ambitious. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. But uh, I don't see that happening in the G1 uh, this year, to say the least. Yeah, I don't see him winning. Maybe there's like maybe a remote chance he goes to the finals. But I, I you know, the the cha- the role of the champion in this tournament usually is to win a lot of matches, but not enough to make it to the finals. And usually, the people who win over the champion usually get title matches. But uh, the road between now and uh, Wrestle Kingdom. 15 I think we're at now I think that road is very short compared to you know August through um, January as opposed to October through January so we'll, we'll probably get somebody pinning Naito and we'll probably get that match I think the November show is a power struggle because you know in December there's the World Tag League tournament which usually is, is very unimportant um, so 
I, I think we're going to get... We'll get a few people beat Naito, but I, I don't know who you would put in that power struggle spot. Kenta is a uh, a strong choice for that. Um, and in terms of match quality, I can see Naito having a very good tournament. He is, he is banged up, though. Um, and, you know, you, I, I think of those matches with Ibushi, and I think there's a good reason why he's banged up. Um, even through, with all that time off. But, um, I don't know. I, I, and Naito, I'm not sure about as, as well as uh, other guys like Tanahashi and uh, Ibushi and Okada and all these people who always are, are very consistent and have great matches. And Naito is too to an extent, but I, I just feel like in some of his matches this year, he's kind of, he, he's kind of, um, I don't know, he... I just don't feel as certain as, as other guys. I think he'll, he'll still have a fine tournament. Um, but I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not as sure as other people on this roster. As just mentioned there, Sonata uh, up next, who I didn't realize this, but looking over his last four G1s, he has gone 4-5 in all four of them. Uh, so he is nothing if not consistent. His 2020 has been a little bit lackluster. Um, the booking hasn't been kind to him, and his overall performances have been there, shall we say. But 2019 was a very strong year for him, uh, largely due to his series of matches with Okada. That was one of those, not a case of him winning the matches, but definitely a case of him being elevated to that, that next level. Uh, and I do think that Sonata is a dark horse this year. Uh, due to the the kind of lij implications i'm still banking on the white evil idea but um i think that sonata probably can't be counted out um because you know he is someone that they've been pushing for the last couple of years and at some point you're going to have to pull that trigger um and this could be the year they decide to do it maybe i don't know he hasn't had like a great year I mean, last year he had those great series of matches with Okada that I think really elevated him to to the to a top position, but then they kind of didn't go with that. And then this year, I mean, obviously everything you have to put asterisks next to because of the COVID stuff, but uh, Sonata hasn't had like a... He hasn't really stood out. He's, he's kind of felt like a guy, which he didn't feel like that last year, but this year it's it's like... He's a guy that that's kind of going through the motions, and if he does that in this tournament, then I think that's very telling of where uh, he he's at. But um, generally, I expect him to do pretty well. I mean, there, there he has a, a chance to do great matches against uh, some great workers. So, I mean, if it, he's going to step it up, I mean, this is the time to step it back up. Uh, he he did it during uh, many of these tours since uh, New Japan started back with. Uh, Dominion and all that, so and the New Japan Cup, so um, yeah, I, I mean, it's it. This is Sonata's time to really step up and uh, prove that he hasn't regressed or anything in in, in the last year. Uh, speaking of regressed in some ways, Zack Saber Junior. Uh, started solid in twenty seventeen with a record of five four. Uh, and then in 2018, actually tied for first in the block with 6-3, but had been a pin, had been pinned by Ibushi, which eliminated him with that tiebreaker. But then went back to a 4-5 record in 2019. And 
I do think that because he is one half of the tag champs, um, that usually is a sign that you know they're probably not going to go that far in the tournament. But he does have a match with Tanahashi on the last night of uh, the B Block Finals, so you could kind of see an instance where they're playing spoilers for each other, um, which means that there is a chance that he could be in contention come the last night. But I do think that. Uh, you know, Zach's not going to win this tournament, and I don't think he's going to reach the the finals. But uh, he's always someone just because he has a very unique style. That he's always someone that I like to see in a tournament like this because he always makes people wrestle his style of match, and that always brings a, a very unique flavor. Um, whether it be like someone with with Sonata, where they have this very kind of weird chemistry, where Sonata apparently is the only wrestler who can out wrestle Zack Saber Jr., even though Sonata is not known as like the most technically proficient wrestler. Um, but then you know, uh, him and Kenta, I think, is a very curious match, and uh, and then there's him and Toriyano, and whatever the hell that will be. <laughs> yeah, um, Saber is somebody that I, I have like as far as a worker, I, I think is very technically solid obviously very 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 technically uh very technically great in, in what he does with chain wrestling and all that so he he's so different that i always like seeing him against different uh workers so i i mean with naito and kenta and sonata he's always had an interesting kind of feel with sonata and tanahashi uh, him and tanahashi have had some great matches um so, I, I mean, in terms of match quality, I can see some really great stuff from him. Uh, but he's he is one half of the tag team champions, and you know we do have to think about the World Tag League, I, I guess. We have to think about it uh, in a couple of months. So, I, I, don't, I don't see him winning the tournament, but I see him having some, some good matches. So, we're down to the final two. Uh, first off is the current uh, right to challenge holder of the U.S. heavyweight title, uh, Kenta, who won the New Japan U.S. Cup uh, just a couple of weeks ago, defeating Jeff Cobb in the finals. And Kenta, while you know limited in his physical abilities at this point in time, uh, is still one of the most effective wrestlers or effective heels in the world uh, because he's just very good at just being an absolute dickhead. Uh, and and better than most people i think that as much as we were talking about the lij implications i do think that there are bullet club implications as well i mean i have a, an all bullet club final um but i do think that you you know kenta is someone that if you wanted to say kenta over evil um i'm not gonna um go argue with you too hard on that i think there's still an option you could go with um I think probably the more interesting thing is like what comes out of this tournament, whether it be uh, Kenta pinning Naito and setting up a rematch there. But, uh, you know, I I like Kenta. I, I enjoyed this tournament last year. I am sure some people are sick of the, the bullshit and the shenanigans or whatever, and I'm sure we'll see that level of hijinks in this tournament. But I... You know, I have a soft spot for Kenta, so I'm I'm hoping that he, you know, can physically hold up with this tournament. Um, but you know, he's had a plenty of time, plenty of downtime to to recuperate, and uh, I'm hoping that all that time uh, at home in the Florida sunshine has served him well, and uh, he can come out and and uh, you know give us a little bit of the Kenta of old. 
Yes. Um, I like Kenta in New Japan. I, I like his character. I think his work is... I mean, yeah, I mean, the injuries he, he had in NXT have really hampered his like in-ring work, but I think he's made up for it in some ways with, with the way he presents himself, which I think has been very great. I think he's one of the highlights of the uh, American shows that I've seen. Uh, as far as in-ring work, and, and he, he can have some pretty good matches with uh, some of these people. I, I think there's going to be lots of interference, but maybe not so much as, as like you know evil or you know these other types. I, I think he might more just be more of a dick and do dick moves. Probably lots of ref bumps. So uh, I mean, you have to think about that, but I think he will have a pretty good G one. That's my guess. I. I if Evil does make it to the finals, I could see Kansa doing it. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think there's a possibility he may make it to the finals. But um, as far as winning, I, I don't see it. I think he might hold that t that briefcase until Wrestle Kingdom, and then they do a Kenta and a Moxley, and Moxley uh, loses. So I, I, I could probably see that. Um, but I, I don't see Kenta winning. And finally, rounding up the Block B tournament, we have Evil, who we've mentioned across this preview, so I don't know what much more we can say, but I guess, really, for me, it's a case of, um, does he reach the finals? Uh, I think there's a strong possibility he does. Uh, I think that this block, with the people in it, there's enough there in terms of the storyline implications with him and Kenta, him and Naito, him and Sonata, uh, and, and some of the, the lower tier wrestlers in there, like a Juice or a Toriano, that I do think that Evil uh, is likely to go on a pretty strong run. Um, from what I remember, actually getting up here, he's never really had like that much of a strong G1 run. Uh, he's gone 4-5, 6-3, 5-4, and 4-5. So 2017, he actually did pretty well. And I know he pinned a card of one year. Um, but, you know, he's never someone that's really stood out in the G1. This, I think, is going to be a real kind of make-or-break year for him. I think that just for him, um, he really needs to to have a memorable G1 if he wants to really kind of solidify himself as a top-tier player. Um, I'm still going with the, the Bullet Club Finals. I'm still going with Jay White winning, but I think that even if Evil doesn't win, he can still you know, present himself at the level that he's being booked at, but he needs to have a strong G1 to do it. And he has some of the wrestlers in here to do it. I think he'd be much better served in the A block to have that type of tournament. But I guess we'll, you know, next month we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, I think it was he should have been better suited to be in the A block because that's probably where he can have some of the best matches. But on the other hand, I don't think the Bullet Club thing is him like having great matches. It's it's more about him, uh, doing interference, having Gato come in and Jado and, and all these people. Uh, so we're probably going to see a lot of that in his matches, which I think is a detriment because they go too much into it. But uh, that, that he still had some good matches during that run as champion. I mean, him and Naito had a, had a good match at uh, at Jingu Stadium. But um, I can definitely see him going to the finals. I can definitely see him winning if, if that's what they want to do for Wrestle Kingdom uh, 15. And I, I don't know if that would be like a solid match. But um, it, would, it would be fine. 
they, they did have a great match at uh, Jingu Stadium, so I think they'll step it up for for Russell Kingdom if that happens. Um, but I think I, I don't know if it's in Evil's character to have like great matches. I, I I don't I feel like that's not the goal for him, or at least that's not what Ghetto wants for him. But I mean, he's going to have to kind of have some a great match with like Tanahashi, and Goto, and those types. So I think I think he has a chance of winning. I think he has a chance of having a, a pretty decent tournament, but uh, I don't know. It depends on how much they want to go with it. Still, at this point, do they really want him to be like one of the top guys? That then maybe he he should at least make it to the finals. So yeah, I, I mean he 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 will probably be fine. I think he'll have a more memorable tournament than last year and then previous years. But, um, I mean, he, he's one of those where he has a chance of winning. Well, that's all 20 wrestlers looked at. And I, I think uh, I've made my predictions pretty clear. But uh, I, I come to you, Brian, and I ask, what is your prediction for the finals and the winner of this year's G1? Hmm. I told you the other day about a... Actually, just looking at the at the blocks, what my guess would be, and now I, I look at that guess, and I think it's like totally wrong. I had like Osprey and Tanahashi as a final match, and while that sounds very awesome, and that would probably be like a really awesome match, uh, probably one of the better matches of the year. I I don't feel like that's going to be the match anymore. I think one of the Bullet Club guys has to be in there, and that could be Evil, that could be Kenta. I don't know if anybody from... Jay White. Yeah, Jay White. I think one of those three will be in. Uh, I don't know who else could be in uh, for, for Babyface. Uh, maybe Osprey. Maybe Okada. Definitely Okada, Abushi. Those types I could see in the finals. But if I had to make a finals, like what would be the finals from those names? I think... I feel like I feel like Jay White and maybe I don't think it would be Naito maybe Tanahashi maybe that is the finals maybe well not Kenta I, I don't think they'll do Kenta Jay White but if I, if I had to guess and I had to differ from yours it would probably be Tanahashi and Jay White with White winning All right, you're here to hear first. So it looks like we both have Jay Wyatt as our winner of the G1. Um, bet on that at your own peril. Well, Brian, I want to thank you very much for spending an hour and a half to uh, go through this. Um, yeah, so the G1 starts on the 19th, which should be the day before this podcast goes up. Um, and yeah, I guess we will see in about a month's time what... Uh, how far wrong how far off we were with our predictions um before we leave brian as always as we like to do if you have any plugs that you want to or any any links anything that you want to promote now is the time to do so well you can follow me on twitter at br26 you can watch my figure four uh gaming stream that i do uh i, I do it on thursdays and saturdays but i'm currently like figuring out what i want to do with that that stream um so I think I might move to, to Saturdays going forward. I, I play wrestling games. I play 
all kinds of games. So uh, come in if you want to talk about wrestling. Uh, you can follow me on my Twitter, and I'll put out details whenever I uh, go streaming. And uh, that's pretty much it. My Most of my day is just uh, doing uh, pro wrestling stories and videos and everything. So I keep myself pretty busy. Figure for online.com slash wrestlingobserver.com if you want to see all my stories and, and work and videos that I put in every day. Thank you very much. Uh, as always, you can follow Links of the Cast on Twitter at Links of the Cast. Uh, we are on all podcasting platforms that you would probably be uh, familiar with. And yeah, we will be back in a couple of days with our normal uh, scheduled show uh, where we are probably going to be talking, I'm going to be talking about Paradise Killer, which is quickly becoming one of my games of the year, um, along with all the news, probably talking about the fallout with the Sony announcement about the PlayStation 5 because uh, you know there's there's a whole bunch of things to talk about there yeah so keep an eye out for that that'll be out in the next couple of days as well uh thank you once again brian for doing the show very no much problem. appreciate it thank you for having and, me on ah pleasure as always and uh here's to hopefully a very very solid and very enjoyable g1 uh for anyone that watches it you know hope you have a good time feel free to uh let us know what you're thinking about it in the tweets and uh yeah we will see you again next time